Just a quick announcement. If you like to tithe or uh, uh, give into our ministry, you can do so by texting the word GIVE to one 414 Just text the word GIVE to one 414 We'll send you out a, uh, a link, and you can give your uh, tithes and your offering that way. Kind of funny this week, I am um, so used to saying that, that number, and someone asked me for a customer service number at work, and I gave that number on accident. <laughs> After I said it, it dawned on me that, you know, the customer service number started with 877, not 833. And I said, wait, 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 that, you know, that's not going to get you any help, you know. <laughs> this morning, my sermon is titled, Belong, Living Life in a Distant World. Living life in a distant world. How many of us, all, every single one of us has lived life in a distant world? World And today we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with the verse 12. And we finally put 2020 in the rearview mirror. Someone say praise God. Praise God. We are in the new, someone say new, yeah. new 2021. It's hard to believe 2021. I told my wife, you know, June will be 20 years since I graduated high school. My goodness, right? <laughs> 20 years. Where did time go by? 2021. You know, in 2021 was a tough year for every single one of us, but you know what it also taught us? It taught us some tough lessons, right? It taught us us some tough lessons. 2020 will go uh, in in history books as the year of distance, right? Distant learning, distant working, distant church, right? Distant Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, we've spent most of the year secluded, uh, a lot of us in in, in isolation, right? We've spent uh, a good portion since March, distance. And for good reason. We were advised and we're continue to uh, being advised to what? Stay distant, right? Stay separated. Stay, stay home. Stay in isolation. Stay away from family. Stay away from friends, church, work, right, for some of us. And as, as we start this new year, you know, it's a new year, you know, good new vibes and everything else, but let's be real. We started the 2021 the same way we started 2020. Distance, isolated, you know, alone. Living life like this has led some of us to believe that we've lost our place in life. It has led some of us to believe that we lost our purpose. And we're living life with no purpose and we're living life with no place because we've lost our interactions that we've had before the pandemic. See, before the pandemic, we know we would have our interactions here at church, right? We've had interactions at work, right? We have interactions going to uh, a friend's house or family's house or lunch, you know, with a, with a friend or family member or coworker. And we've, we've lost those interactions, you know, and now our interactions consist of, as they say, people in your immediate household, right? My interactions consist of a four-year-old and a 12-year-old. I, I switched all my coworkers into a four-year-old and 12-year-old this past year. And unfortunately, let me be real with you for, for a moment, who knows if those interactions prior to the pandemic will ever return? And I tell you that not to be negative, not to be a Debbie Downer or negative Nancy or Doubter Dennis. <laughs> I tell you that because we are people of habits. And when we create a habit, it's hard to what? Break the habits. It was hard for us to stay at home, and it still is for some of us. And for some of us, it's easy to stay at home right? My daughter, we hops in the car. We went to a quick errand uh, the other night, and she goes, where are we going next? Home? 
And I said, I, I have one more stop to make. Why, you want to go home? And she goes, yeah, I want to go home, right? This is a kid that stays home like every single day, every single week, right? She wants to go back home. We're people of habit. And let me tell you this. God has placed upon my heart a word for 2021, and you've heard it this morning. And that word is the word belong. Someone say belong. Right, your home type belong in that chat. Belong. 2021 is the year of belong. 2020 was the year of elevate. 2021 is the year of belong. I don't know if we're going to go 52 weeks on belong, right? It's going to be a little hard, right? But we'll see. I'm not going to discount what God wants to do in and through us. 2021 is the year of belong. What does belong mean? We know what belong means, but here's the, here's the definition from Webster's or Google or one of those sites. Belong says this, to be a member or part of a particular group, organization, or class. To be a member of a particular group, organization, or class. 2021 is the year of belong. What does that mean? In short, it means that you have a place in life. You have a purpose in life. It means that even though we are still distant, right? Even though you're at home, we're here. Even though we're still separated, let me tell you this. You still belong. Amen? You belong to New Life Community Church, and even greater than New Life Community Church is you belong to who? Christ. Let's not lose that place. Let's not lose our purpose. We may be distant, but you still belong. You might not have been physically here since March, right? Most of us haven't been in, inside the church building since March, and that's okay because let me tell you today that you still what? Belong. Amen? You still belong. You're still important. You still have a purpose. You still belong. Amen? And that is our word for 2021. And this morning, I want to share with you how you can belong living in a distant world. From the Apostle Paul, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12, and we're going to go all the way through almost the end of the chapter, verse 27. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, looking at verse 12 of the NLT, and it says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. There's three truths I want us to see this morning. The first is you are an essential piece. Someone say essential piece. You are an essential piece. You know, the word essential, I've never said the word essential as much as I've had in 2020, right? Essential this, essential that, and are we essential, are we not essential? Essential has been brought over and over and over and over again, right? Essential, and you're not essential, and going back and forth. You know, you might have lost a job. Some of us have lost jobs in here or had, had pay gaps because you're, the, the, the government has came down and said, your job isn't essential, right? Well, I mean, it is because you need to feed your family. But, you, but the government said your job isn't essential. Some of our activities, well, let's be real, all of our activities just about said what? They're not essential no longer. They need to stop. They're unessential. And the government has put those words on our life, right? Church, unessential, right? School, in person, oh, we can do distance, unessential. Work from an office, unessential. You can do it from home. Or if you can't, then un unfortunately, you just don't have income. You're unessential. We've heard that over and over again. Other than shopping, groceries, gas stations, right? Uh, 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 the banks and government essentials, 
That's it. I remember back in, I think it was April, me and my wife went to the grocery store for the first time together for like for um, over a month, and we were kind of cool to ex- exit out of the house for just a few minutes. My mom came over, watched the kids, and we went to Sam's Club, and we took all four hours of it. <laughs> the date of Sam's Club, when you think about it, right? Why? Because dates were called uh, not essential, right? They weren't essential. Nothing was essential unless you were titled that. And here we are again with the vaccine, right? And you hear the vaccine stories, and you hear, you know, the government has said uh, this needs to go to the essential workers, and you need to be classified as 1A or 1B or 1C or A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or whatever, whatever they're at, right? I stopped following it because it changed every single day, and it's still changing. And, 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 and the rest of us who have been qualified as unessential are in category four or five or six or seven. You know, whenever we get to you, we'll get to you because we've been labeled unessential. This morning, I want us to reverse that. I want to reverse what has been spoken in our lives over this past year. And I want you to no longer label yourself as not being essential or unessential. I want you to label yourself as being essential. Amen? You are essential. You are an essential peace. You know that your government might have labeled you as unessential, but let me tell you, your creator has called you essential. Amen. And that is important because I'm going to tell you what's higher than my government is my God. Amen. And that's what we need to go by is, you know what the government may have said, you're, uh, you're not essential, but my God has said you are essential. Amen. And that's something that we have to grasp a hold of in 2021, knowing that I belong because my God says that I have belonged. Amen. You are an essential piece, and you belong. And that's exactly what Paul was telling the church of Corinth. Paul tells the, 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 the church, the Corinthian church, he says that they're a, an essential piece. And he begins verse 12 using an illustration of the, the human body. You know, we have one body, but we're made up of several members in our body, right? I mean, you're talking about, I, I, I'm not going to even bother going into how much members and how much cells and, you know, tissue and muscle and, I mean, everything else that goes into it, DNA, right? I mean, just, it's amazing all the parts that make up the whole body. Each part of, of within our body is essential to the functioning of our entire body. Every, every part, Right? And I know we, we say things like, you know, well, I don't have my gallbladder no more. Lord, why did you put me through that? Because I didn't need it to begin with, right? But there was a purpose for that gallbladder, even though we can live without it, or tonsils, or anything else that we may be able to, to, to live without, right? We'll get those questions answered later on. But let me tell you, there's still part of our body. There is still part of the central part of our body. Every cell in your body is linked by a common root, which is our DNA. And yet each part of the body looks completely different. Every cell tied by DNA looks completely different than the other cells. Each part of our body is treated differently. See, I can live without an eye, but I can't live without a heart, right? I can live without a foot, but I can't live without a brain. They're treated differently. You know, someone said, your heart or your, or your hand, what are you going to do? Uh, the hand. Take it off now, please, Right? Because why? Because they're treated differently. Our hearts are treated differently than, our, than, than the rest of our body. Same thing with the mind. But each part works differently, but at the same time in unison with each other. Because why? They're part of the body. They make up the body. Paul continues in verse 12, and he ends the verse with these words. He says, so is it with the body of Christ. 
He gives us that example, and he says, so is it with the body of Christ. There's two things I want us to see about essential pieces. One is you are an essential piece to the body of Christ. You are essential to the body of Christ. And Paul tells us, he says, just like the human body has multiple pieces that form one body, he says, the same goes to the body of Christ. Well, who's the body of Christ? Are we talking about the physical body of Christ? No, we're talking about the church. The church is the body of Christ. The church is not made up of the people just inside the building. And some of us have viewed it in the, over the last year that I'm at home. I'm not part of the church. Let me tell you right now, you're a part of us just as much as you are distant as you are here. Amen? That, that is, that's something that 2020 has taught us. It has taught us that the church does not revolve around these four walls, amen? The church goes beyond the four walls, amen? The church goes beyond Fontana. The church goes beyond the Inland Empire. The church goes worldwide. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? See, before 2020, we focused upon these four walls, but 2020 has taught us a valuable lesson that says the church is beyond these four walls. We knew it, right? But we didn't do it. Now we're doing it beyond these four walls. You know, that's amazing. Church isn't about me. Church isn't about a pastor. Church isn't about what we call essential church staff. It's not about none of that. The church is above these four walls. You're at home. Our essential piece to the body of Christ. Look Romans 12, 4, 5 says. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so is it with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all, what? what does it say? We all belong to each other. What's that word there? Belong to each other. Paul tells the Romans, he tells the, the Corinthians, and he's telling us today that you are a, an essential piece to the body of Christ. But even greater than that, like I said earlier, you're not only an essential piece to the body of Christ, but you are an essential piece to Christ. It's the second truth. You are an essential piece to Christ. Being an essential piece does not end with being part of a church. It ends by being part of Christ. You are an essential piece to Christ. We see John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? God loved the world. He found the world essential, Right? He says, I love the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you had no worth, if you weren't essential, God would have said, you know what? I'm saving my son for somebody else. He called the Israelites stiff-necked people, but he still saved them. He's telling us as, as well, sometimes we're stiff-necked people. I'll be the first. I'm stubborn sometimes. God said, you know what, stubborn Dennis? Close your ears baby. No. <laughs> Stubborn Dennis. <laughs> Stubborn Dennis, right? I died for him. Why? Because I called Dennis essential. Not because he's a pastor, but because he's my child first. Amen? And that's something that we have to understand and recognize that we are first children of God before anything else. And that's what he's telling us. Listen, what essential. I said essential like a hundred times already, right? But let me tell you what the definition of essential. I, I, I know what, we know what definitions are, but when we actually read the definition, it's kind of eye-opening. Essential means this, defined as absolutely necessary, extremely important. You are absolutely necessary and you are extremely important. Someone say amen, amen. right? Be, regardless of what you think of yourself, you are absolutely necessary and you are extremely important. See, it's in the details. It's in the details. We see the details of Matthew 10, 29, verse, uh, uh, 10, 29, verse, 30, verse 29 through 31. 
Jesus says, what is the price of two sparrows with one copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. He says this in verse 30. He says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbers. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You are so important to God. You are so important to Christ. You are essential, right? Which means, again, you are absolutely necessary, extremely important. You are so important that he knows the head, knows knows your hair on your head, or the lack thereof, right? (laughs) He knows it when you think about it. That's how important he he, he views you because he views you as what? You are an essential piece. You are an essential piece. Think about the details. I'm going to tell you this. Next time, because we're going to hear it probably for the majority of 2021. When you hear the words, you're not essential. You know, right? You're not essential. Your job isn't essential. Your income isn't essential. Your family isn't essential. Your church isn't essential. And you go on and on and on, and all you hear is essential, 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 essential. Let me tell you this. When you look at that, when you, when you view it, when you bring it back into your mind and your heart, say, you know what? I am essential. Why? Because my father has told me I'm essential. I'm important. Extremely important, not just important, but you are extremely, someone say extremely, extremely important. And let me tell you this today, that you what? You are essential and you belong. Amen? Verse 13, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, says this. Some of us are Jews, some of us are are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. We all been baptized into one body, one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's any less a part of of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything. Verse 18 says, but our bodies have been, have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it, it says. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. There are many parts, but only one body. He's repeating himself over and over again for us to understand this. He says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important he says, are actually the most important. And he goes on. And the parts we regard as, oh, sorry, that's honorable, are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. Well, the more honorable parts do not require this special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. The second truth we see this morning is you have an essential position. You have an essential position. Not only are you an essential piece, but you have an essential position. Amen. Paul's pointing that out to us. That we're not just a piece of the body of Christ, but we each have position in the body of Christ. Let me tell you, it's great to be a piece of something, right? But it's even more important to have a position of something. You know, I was thinking about sports teams. Lakers got their rings, uh, I think, a week or two ago. And, and everybody on the Lakers organization got a ring. Everybody. From, you know, the, the, the head honcho and Jeannie Buss all the way down to the ball boys who, 
you know, served on the team for when they were playing at Staples Center for the beginning of the year. Everybody gets a ring. You know, it's cool to be the ball boy, but it's also cool to be the, the star on the team, to have a position on the team. See, God's not just calling you just to be a piece of the team. He's calling you because you have a position on the team. Amen? And it takes you and me to play in the position. You know what peace, peace means? Peace means a portion of an object. A portion of an object. You're a piece of the body of Christ, which means that you are a portion of the body of Christ, right? You are a part of the body of Christ. But you know what position means? Position means a place where someone or something is located or has been put, right? God has positioned you. God has placed you. God has put you in a position, and that's important for us to see. See, sometimes we say, ah, my, my position's not good enough. Well, you know what? If God says, I'm going to place you in this position, guess what? It's going to be good enough, right? Because God has said it. God has placed it. Let me tell you this. You are more than just a piece. You have been placed in a position for God by God. You have been placed in a position for God by God. See, and some of us during this, this 2020 pandemic has felt that we've been out of place. That we don't have a, we don't have a peace. And, and, and if we're part of the team, we, we, we feel out of, out of place. We, don't, we feel like we don't have a position sometimes in, in, in the body of Christ. Sometimes we feel lost, right, with, with no, no, no place, no position. But it's time for you to realize that not only are you part of the team, you have what? A position in Christ when you think about that. That's, that's even greater than being just part of a team. You have a position to play. You have a position to play, and if you don't take your position, there's a gap missing somewhere, right? If not all members enter the field, right, or on the court, because I know basketball. I'm not going to talk about football because I don't know very much. But if, if five guys play, right, and you have one out of position and he sits down on the court, you have four guys, there's a gap somewhere. That position needs to be filled, and it's, and, and it's your position to take. Paul says, that, what if the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand? Right? Think about that. Same with the ear. Just, well, I'm, I'm not an eye. Right? And what happens if our bodies said that? We would be in a total chaos. I mean, come on, let's be real. We're jacked up anyways, but let's be real. If the body said that, we'd be really jacked up. Each piece of the body was placed in a certain position. Why? To be used by the body. Right? Our hands are placed perfectly to be used by the body. You put feet on these hands and they're no longer hands and we can't do much with our feet, right? Although my wife pinches pretty good with her toes. <laughs> but you, you don't, right? You got feet for hands, right? Each piece of our body was placed in a certain position to be used by the body. In the same way, each piece, which is who? Each piece, which is who? You and me, right? Let me hear you and then let me hear me. Right? Because it's not me. I'm talking, I'm talking about you, and I'm talking about me, right? And sometimes when you repeat you, you point it back at me. No, no. We're just pointing back at each other, right? It's you, and it's me. Are put into a position to be used by God in the body of Christ. Let me tell you this. If we all preached from a pulpit, who would teach the Sunday school? Right, Miss Candace? Who would teach them? Right? If we all taught children, who would be preaching from the pulpit? If we all were greeters, who would uh, usher in and, and praise and worship? And if we all were in praise and worship, who would greet? 
right? We all have different positions. We all have different pieces within the body of Christ that what makes it happen. Amen? You get the point, right? It takes a team, and each one of us is not just part of the team. Each one of us has a position on the team. Amen? Every piece in the body is placed in position to have the most effect on the body, the most effect on the body. Everything that's in our body in the same way is what, with the body of Christ. It goes with our physical body, and it also goes to the body of Christ. You know, I said, can you imagine, you know, your feet as hands, but can you imagine your eyes as ears, right? Walking around just seeing straight at here, and you don't even know what you're bumping into. We can't drive in California looking straight. Can you imagine looking out of our sides, right? I mean, you just think about the, the integral parts of the body and how God designed us. And he says, listen, I still, that, that design also applies to the body of Christ. Every part, right? We look at little things. I remember years back when I actually, when I first started preaching, um, no, it's not purple because I, I, I broke it again, but <laughs> my, my pinky, I remember playing basketball and I was in adult league and uh, I, I, I knew when the ball hit me, I knew I broke it. And I continued playing the second game, you know, because we're hard-headed like that. And I remember after the game, I told, my wife, I told Nathaniel, I was like, look at my pinky's purple, right? And you never think that, you know, the pinky's that big of a deal, right? But when you try to catch a basketball or when you try to take a shower or you try to write something or whatever it may be, you're like, you know what? I love my pinky, right? That pinky I thought was worthless until I realized I, I didn't have use of it no more. And then I realized, oh, shoot, that pinky was served a purpose, right? That's how, I mean, that's how, 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 how important the body is put together. Paul is saying is that, that God has placed you in the body, and he placed you where he wants you. Amen? He placed you. And it may not be in a high position. It may not be in an attractive position. It may not even position that you want to do. But let me tell you this. If it brings glory to God and God placed you there, then guess what? That's where you need to be at. Amen? If you're being active in the body of Christ, it's the right place for you doesn't matter what position you're in the body of Christ. All that matters is you're functioning in the body of Christ. Paul again reminds us in verse 21 that one body part cannot tell the other it is not needed. He says you cannot tell, um, uh, 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 you cannot tell the hand, I don't need you. I can't tell the hand, I don't need you. The head can't tell the feet, I don't need you. And we discount certain, certain positions in the fellowship. Let me tell you this, nor can a single body part say, I don't need you. The hand can't say, you know what, I don't, you don't need me, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. It doesn't work. The foot says, say, well, I'm just a foot. You really don't need me, I'm gone, right? Or the pinky, right? I don't, you really don't need me, I'm gone. A, 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 a part of a, a, the body does not say that, but how many of us have said that about ourselves? We've all said that about ourselves. I, you know what? What I do is not that big of a deal. Or from, from me being you know, a, a, a prayer warrior or encourager or whatever, somebody else can fill that position. And we've all said that, right? Someone else can preach from the pulpit. Someone else can sing. Someone else can teach the kids. Someone else can do hospitality, right? Someone else can play an instrument. Someone else can do this and that. And we put somebody else in our position. But God has said, listen, I have put you in a position right there for to be used with a purpose and a peace in the body of Christ. We've all said that, though. I'm guilty of it. We've all said that. But nowhere, nowhere in your body will say, you don't need me. I'm taking off. 
I'm calling it quits. Look at it again in, 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 in verse 22. This is, I love this, 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 uh, this verse. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Sometimes they seem unimportant, right? We look at the body. We see the hands and we see, you know, the face and we see the head and we see all these things that are important. But you know what? We can live with most of the things that you see without it. Right? We limp along, but we, we can live. It's the internal things, the, the heart, the brain, right? The lungs, the livers, the kidneys, things like that. When we say, oh my goodness, we need them? Yeah, we need them. Otherwise, the rest of the body dies. They, they, they don't, they're unseen. They don't look like anything. But you know what? They're the most valuable. Without them, the body doesn't function. Without you, the body does not function. You are needed, and you do, you do belong. You are a piece, and you have a position. Amen? Last three verses. Someone say amen. amen. <laughs> so you stepped on my feet long enough. <laughs> so I know they, they were talking before service about getting a dunk tank, and Candace says that, uh, you know, this is what you get, Pastor, for stepping on my toes on that sermon one day. <laughs> Couldn't avoid that one. <laughs> oh, man. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 27 says this. says, this makes them for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, how many? All the parts suffer, it says. All the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then what? All the parts are honored. Or glad, I should say. All the parts are glad. Verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is what? Part of it. The third essential is you have an essential purpose. You have an essential purpose. Paul says that we're all part... We're all a piece of the body. We all have a position in the body. Now he says you have a purpose in the body. And, and, and Paul, there's three purposes that I want us to see this morning. The first is you have an essential purpose to what? Promote unity. You have an essential purpose to promote unity. Let me tell you, unity doesn't happen when we all think alike. Unity doesn't happen when we all dress alike. That's not unity. That's uniformity. The world wants you to become uniform, Right? Christ wants us to become unified. See, there's two different things. The world says, well, you're not unified. You're not being unified because you don't think like me. You don't dress like me. You don't do the things like I'm doing. No, that is, that is unified, not unity, right? There's, there's diversity. And in that diversity, there is unity because why? We see that in the body of Christ. We're all not preachers. We're all not evangelists. We're, we're not all teachers, right? And you can go through the list. We're not, we all have different jobs and different duties. Why? Because that provides us our, 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 our differences bring us into unity, not uniformity. The world wants uniformity. I'm not talking about uniformity today. I don't want you to dress like me. I don't want you to talk like me. I don't want you to behave like me. I want you to be you, and I want you to, to, to be unified in the body of Christ, not be uniformity. There we go. Paul is calling for unity, not uniformity. God's plan is unity, not uniformity, right? Because then there's no diversity, and we know in the body of Christ there's diversity. I mean, today we got di we're diverse in here, right? We're, we live in a diverse world. He, he wants us, we can be united in a diverse world, Right? 
He's not calling us to, be, to live in uniformity. It wasn't Paul's plan. It, was, it wasn't God's plan. God's plan is for the body to follow the head. The body of Christ follows the head. Who's the head? Jesus. Jesus is the head. We are the body. We are the church. So you can promote unity by submitting to God and doing what he has called you to do. That's your job. That's my job. We submit to God, right? We submit to God. And when we don't do as God has called us, then there is no unity because we're going this way, that way, this way, that way. Why? Because we're not following the head. And who's the head? It's Christ, right? We got to follow Christ. Part of the body doesn't function. The other parts of the body suffers. But when each part works as designed, then the body moves in what? Unity. Not uniformity. It's unity. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.10. Paul says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of Lord, of, of, of Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be what? One mind, united in thought and purpose. How do we become one mind and one body, moving in thought and purpose? We follow the head. We all do God's will. Amen? Then we're moving in what? Unison, unity. Amen? We each individually do the will of God, then collectively, guess what? We'll be united in the cause. What is the cause? The cause is living out God's will for each one of our lives individually, but corporately. Why? Because we're one body, one, one accord. That's powerful. That's powerful. Second one is, do you have an essential purpose and responsible, responsibility to and for each other? Sometimes I'm not my brother's keeper, right? And I say you're your brother's keeper, right? I said just you're responsible for your brother. <laughs> Difference. Paul continues in verse 25, and he tells us, he says what? To care for each other. To care for each other. Verse 26 says, if, if one suffers, then what? They all suffer. If one is honored, then they'll, they'll be glad. Let me tell you this. This life is hard. Excuse my language, but sometimes it just flat out sucks. It does. 2020 was tough. It's hard. All, all, every single one of us, regardless of... If, if you were directly impacted or indirectly, we have scars from this past year. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to tell you, you stand up here and say 2021 is going to be a bunch of roses and blossoms and dandelions and butterflies. If you believe that, then you know what? You have some major issues. Because it's, it's, it's not. It's going to be hard. But let me tell you, in 2021, even though you may not feel it in 2020, we are in this together. Amen. If you need prayer, don't hesitate to ask. You need an encouraging word, pick up the phone, send a text, send an email, call us, whatever it may be. We're distant, but you know what? We belong. We're in this together, even in the distant world. We have a responsibility for each other. Galatians, Paul says this to the Galatian church in 6.2. He says, share each other's burdens. Share each other's burdens. Sometimes we go through life and say, oh, I don't want to trouble that person with my burdens, so I'll just keep my burdens. Then you know what? Then you're not living a biblical life because the Bible tells us to share each other's burdens. That's hard. Sometimes we don't, right? We don't like to open up sometimes even to our spouse sometimes. It's a heavy heart a few weeks ago, and, and Nathaniel's like, what's going on? And I, I, I'd rather carry the burden. And she goes, well, that's not right. And then I was reading this this week, and I was like, that's not even biblical, Dennis. 
<laughs> so like, what am I doing, right? I carry my burdens myself. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says what? We share in each other's burdens. By sharing with each other, we can help each other succeed. Last scripture I'm going to share with you today, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 through 12. And it says, two people are better off than one. You know that? I think we know that, but do we know that? It's difference. It says, for they can help each other, what? Succeed. You want to be a success to somebody, right? How encouraging does that make you feel? That you are able to, to help your brother or sister succeed. And it goes on and says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Some of us have been standing, by, you know, stand, standing side by side by ourselves, and it needs to be back to back. Amen? And guess what? It's just not me and you. It's me and you and all of you in here and all of you over there, right? It's all of us. And if the Bible says that three-braided cord is not easily broken, then what about a four-cord or five-cord or six-cord or seven-cord or ten-cord or fifty-cord or hundred-cord? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you get where I'm going with this? We have to understand that. And what the Bible says is sharing each other's burdens. And it's our responsibility to share in each other's burdens. But you know what? Living in a distant world, sometimes we don't see you face-to-face. And sometimes we don't know the burdens unless what? You, you, you need to reach out, right? We're not, you know, God didn't give us the, praise God for this, but God didn't give us the, the, the ability to mind read. We can't mind read unless you reach out. And then when you reach out, we need to be there as a church. It doesn't come back to on me. It comes back on us, every single one of us, right? Every single one of us. The last essential purpose is to participate, to participate. You may say, how? I don't want to participate. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see nobody. Let me tell you, we, come on, 2021, you can participate from far, right? You can participate halfway around the globe. You can participate from the moon. Come on, let's be real. It's 2021, technology's there. So you saying I can't participate is you making up an excuse. Get the excuse out. It's 2021. Wake up. Let's go, right? You can participate, you can participate from afar. There are many ways you can participate in the church in the distant world. Pray for some, each other. Be the encouraging word, right? Call somebody. Text somebody. Send them an email. Share the word on Sunday, on Wednesday. I mean, we know we, we flood your timeline. I know we do. Friday on, on Facebook and YouTube, you get those notifications, right? We, 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 we send the notifications out. You know, you got 10 a.m., 7 o'clock. I, I, I share it. I don't care. I imagine I lost some friends. They weren't friends to begin with. Get out of here, right? If you don't want to hear me share, then I'm going to share anyways because you weren't my friend in the beginning. Goodbye, right? Some of them are probably watching right now and say, oh, man, that's how he feels. That's exactly how I feel. Because you know why? Because I'm, I'm going to share the word regardless of what people want. And because we're in a distant world and we need to share the world in the, in the areas that we can, and one of them is through distant means by sharing on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And, and uh, we're not on Instagram yet, but, you know, we, we will be very soon. Um, uh, I'm speaking life into that. You know, I mean, it just, I mean, we're going on and on and on. Austin's out back there like, another one? <laughs> right? Periscope. We're in VK in Russia. I mean, it's, it's amazing when you think about it. We can be involved distantly. Pray, read your word, 
Pray, pray for, 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 for your church leaders. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Call somebody up. Say, you know what? Is there anything I, need to pray? I can pray for you about? Anything at all? Let's be the church, right? Let's be the church. And let's show people that, you know what? You belong, not just in word, but by action. Amen? You belong. You know, many of you don't know this, but this year, God put it in my heart for our, our, our children. Every child that was part of New Life Community Church over the last few years, we, we, we gave them a gift card at Target. Just to show, you know what? You belong. And you think about it. You belong. We blessed 32 kids. We had 32 kids on a Sunday, Candace. We're going to have issues, right? They all show up again, right? Amen. But when you think about that, that's just, a, just an act of, you know what? You belong. We think about you. Even to the littlest ones sometimes because we think that it doesn't affect them. Believe me, I've had can, can, candid conversations with my 12-year-old in the back. It affects them. It affects me. It affects you. But you belong. You belong. You're not just a piece. You're part of the puzzle. You have position. And it's, and it's with New Life Community Church, but even greater, it's with Christ. Amen. Belong. You're essential. You're essential. Stand with me as I close in prayer this morning. You know, Satan will love to come, kill, steal, and destroy. His motto is divide and conquer. And if I can keep you isolated and I can keep you divided, guess what? I can conquer. We're going to be united. And we have one goal. And that's to con conquer the devil, right? Yeah. And punch his lights out, right? Mike Tyson punched out back in the 90s. <laughs> we're we're going to KO him, amen? I don't know about you, but, you know, when, when Satan says, you know, you're not essential, I'm going to tell him, yeah, I am, because my creator said so. Yeah. You don't belong. Yes, I do, because my creator said so. When you're isolated, you're separated, no one cares, no one sees, they say, you know what? Yeah, I, they see, and I belong. Amen. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for encouraging us, Lord, that, Lord, that we are essential, every single one of us. And it doesn't matter what man has placed upon our lives or, and has called us, you have called us essential. You have called us very important. Lord, you have called us to belong. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that we walk in that, Lord that we walk in belonging, that we walk in our call, we, we walk in our, 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 your will, Heavenly Father, for our lives, Lord. And as we do it individually, Lord, you will do it and, and, and work corporately, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, for the one that's feeling discouraged, the one that's feeling alone, Lord, the one that, that's feeling isolated. Lord, I pray for a comfort that only can come from you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Heavenly Father, right now, wherever they may be at, Lord, Lord, that you start speaking to their need right now. Give them that inner peace. Give them that inner love, Lord, that only can come from you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for that, Lord. Even though we are living in a distant world, Lord, we belong. We belong to you. And I thank you for that, Lord. I ask you, Lord, that this week, Heavenly Father, as we live this week, Lord, the first whole week of 2021, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we, we, we step in unison with you. Every 
day, every hour, we step in unison with you. I give you the praise and glory, Lord. Protect us, keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. And what does the church say? If you need prayer in the house, come up front. If you need prayer at home, like I said, don't hesitate. Give us a call, text us, reach out to us. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.
gather here tonight. We gather here. 